here about three months ago, and I was praying over this series that we're doing. Turn your Bibles to Psalm 103. And as you turn your Bibles to Psalm 103, understand that we're learning about kingdom living, learning about what life really is all about. The world says nothing will be normal. I'm telling you, we live an exact normal kingdom lifestyle. God does not change. We do not change, no matter what takes place. But I was in the sanctuary praying over the series, and I really felt the Lord speaking to me. Now, when we say that, it seems to shut down about 80% of the people because they say, well, God never speaks to me. It's not an audible voice. He is speaking to my spirit, and I'm listening intently to him. And as I'm listening to him, I'm praying over these things. And what I found out, as he began to show me some things that I was teaching, in actuality, he had written a letter to me in the sermon that I'm going to give you today. And this letter was not just to me. Prophetically, it was to you. And so everyone that is in the house here, everyone that is live I want you to understand that you're watching on your TV, internet. I want you to understand God is saying something very peculiar to you. He's being very intent. And when he speaks to us, I want you to hear this. So what I actually did is I have a tendency to write out a lot of my notes, and then I refine the notes and move out things and, and hear the Holy Spirit what to say. I actually left all my notes on this sermon. And so there might be a tendency for me just to read it. So understand, as I'm preaching to you, as I'm teaching, I'm also reading you a love letter from God. So I want you to receive this and understand, and you're going to hear it in the sermon, but God is hugging us today. He's really showing his love to us today. But before we get into our message, I would like to invite Terry, my wife, to come on up and to share a little bit with us. And honey, come on up. Give her a hand, would you? Good morning, everyone. There I am. Wow. Okay. Now, I know I'm not supposed to do this. Just go like this really quick and say hi. Yay. (laughs) I see your faces. Yay, so good to see you. Um, Do you remember me? Anybody remember me? It's been a long time, huh? But yeah, my name is Terry. We're still married. I know I wasn't here last week for the marriage. Anybody notice that? They all notice that, honey. (laughs) I went into these coughing fits and Sunday morning. He's like, you just need to stay home. I'm like, honey, that won't look good. You're preaching on marriage and I don't show up. It's... (laughs) He's like, you just need to stay home. I'm like, okay. So, no, I am in total agreement with what he said last week. I really am. We have been, the Lord has blessed us in so many ways that when we were first married and so young and didn't know anything, we went straight to the Lord on so many issues. I mean, we would just gather and look up scripture and try to figure out how we were going to come in agreement on things, like how to come in agreement over your home, how to come in agreement over your, your, your family, your children, and those things. And the good news was 
as, as different as we are, we, we are very different. We had a lot of, we had some things in common. We both liked sports. We both played baseball. And so there was some things, um, especially when it came to being raised differently by different kinds of cultures and parents, um, we still came in agreement because of our love for the word of God and, for, and the love that we had for, um, you know, to do the, the work of the Lord and to do see the Lord bless our home and our children. So that was just such, um, we had some good times back then. Amen, we did. He would tell me now, if you go in the store and the kids start acting up, you just leave your grocery store, you just leave your grocery cart right there and tell them you'll be back. You know, you don't let those things take over what's happening with the kids so that we would do the same thing no matter where we went, you know, and all kinds of stuff. We would just go through scenario after scenario just to come in agreement because it's so important to be in agreement. If you're leaving independent, separate lives, it is, that's just... That's such a hard barrier to overcome um, in a relationship. So that, that's just one of the things I just thank him for because he, he was such a good um, uh, husband when it came to that, allowing me to have um, a lot of say-so and leadership in the home. So it, it was just, honey, you have been, you know, I will tell you, I love him dearly. Always have. We'll be married 40 years this year. Yeah. 40 years. Yeah. And... Yes, I was there with my grandkids yesterday, and I happened to pull up a picture of like almost, well, maybe not quite 10 years ago of our anniversary. <laughs> and I said, here we are. Look, we're, this is our anniversary picture. We're going to have another anniversary. Alina looks at it, and she goes, Grandma, you looked much younger there. <laughs> I said, thank you, Alina. <laughs> anyway, um, I just love him because he's um, loved me more than anyone in this world, more than my parents, more than my siblings. He's reached out and loved me deeper and more. And I know my parents love me, you know? <laughs> you know your parents love you. But the way he has shown it and taught me how to love has been amazing. So I'm so thankful and grateful to him for that. And I've told him, I, you are stuck with me forever. You know, I will follow you wherever because I've, I've just learned so much from him and been blessed by him. So I wanted to say that because I didn't get to be here last week for the marriage part and say how much, because he says how much he loves me, but I love him. And believe me, we don't always like each other, right? <laughs> Some days I'm like, I don't like you right now. But um, I love him. So the thing that keeps us is what the word says. And this is what I, what I really want to share is all the stuff we're going through right now, all the uncertainties and things, we can have a confidence and an assurance in the word and through the Holy Spirit. And that is, you know, I've been going through the book of John and John 1, you know, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And that word became, um, and he was the life of all things and that life became the light of men. And that light came into the darkness, but the darkness could not overcome that light. Amen. Darkness can't overcome who we are. And it goes on to say, and he came to his own, and his own received him not. But, this is the part, but as many as received him, he gives them power to become the sons of God. We have, it's a supernatural thing in our lives to have the power in us to become God's own, his own. And so, that power is spiritual, it's strong, and so let that spirit and let that power that's in you by the Holy Spirit lead your life. 
Lead what your decisions are. Don't get so confused by the decisions of the world because they change every day, right? Everything's up and down all the time. But you can have confidence of the Holy Spirit because that power that allows you to become a son and daughter of God the Most High is in you and will lead you and actually bring you to the place of where God, he knows your future. We don't have to fear. He leads you. So be encouraged by the word, by the spirit, by marriage, and by Pastor Gary. Love you, honey. Thank you. Love you, too. <clears throat> Thank you, honey. We have trouble at times? Why? I forgot those things. <laughs> Praise the Lord. She's wonderful. Absolutely. She's wonderful. Now I'm going to be uh, a little bit this. Uh, some of you that know Eric Clapton, uh, he was a singer years ago. I'm telling you my age. But he wrote a song called Wonderful and uh, talking about his wife. And my wife is wonderful. And I love her dearly. And just understand that <clears throat> what I taught you the last couple of weeks on marriage works. It really does. It's powerful. We've been talking about living a kingdom lifestyle. And now I want to begin to let you know and read to you and teach you and preach to you God's letter. The subtitle is Loving Kindness, Another Benefit in God's Kingdom. In Psalm 103, verse 1 and 2, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Now, in verse 2, I asked this question before, and I'm going to ask it again. Why would the Holy Spirit, who wrote the Bible, say, don't forget all of his benefits? Because the Holy Spirit knows God's words will motivate and drive you back to him. Some of you might say, Pastor, I got this thing. I love God. I pray. I sing. Praise God. You've grown in maturity and walk with God and everything. But I want to tell you, God is so big, it can get better. And that's why he's saying, if you remember the benefits that God has promised us, even in the midst of what we've gone through, I want you to recognize it is to drive you closer to him to get a closer walk with him, to grow in greater maturity with God. So we serve a motivational God. So let me say it this way. If I today asked you to read through the Bible in one year, but I said, and if you do, okay, this is just an example. I'm not promising this. Don't hold me to this. And if you do, I will give you a one-week free trip to Hawaii. Some of you would check out right now and go to Genesis 1-1 because it would motivate you to do this because you're looking at the benefit of Hawaii. Now, just think of it, of how God has shared with us what he did for us. And he said, remember, always, Go back to it. Don't forget about these. 
No matter where you're at, don't forget, God said, I will do this. He's not a liar. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So church family, I'm really talking about a supernatural promise, supernatural benefits. In the kingdom lifestyle, there is a supernatural relief from iniquity. We've taught on this. A supernatural relief from physical and emotional problems. A supernatural relief from hell and its penalties. So the question is, again, why then do all believers not experience the fullness of these benefits? You've asked that question. You thought that question. How many of you hear stories from others because they've checked out from God because of problems? Well, you know so-and-so died. Well, you know so-and-so is still sick. Well, you know so-and-so has lost everything. How come God allowed that? I want to tell you that's called the religious yeah buts. Yeah but, in other words, not staying your heart on what God said. The Holy Spirit is reminding us in Psalm 103 through the psalmist is do not forget what I promised you. No matter what's going on, what's happening, do not forget. God does not offer full-time benefits also to part-time believers. If you didn't hear the message on the benefit of release from iniquity, you need to go back and realize forgiveness is real. You are forgiven. Nothing can bring it back to you except you. The devil has no power to recreate what your past was. You are forgiven. Some people, even though they believe, are still bound in the slavery of the deception that they are not forgiven. That somehow you have to do something different than everybody else because of your past was bad. I want to tell you, my past was not perfect. My present is not perfect. And my future will not be perfect. But I serve a perfect God who has forgiven me. So why, again, this is a letter from the Lord, are you still trying to get your needs met from the world and not God and his benefits? So the bottom line is today, the bottom line, your source of happiness comes from God and nothing else. Terry is a gift to me. My kids are a gift to me. You are a gift to me. I love all of you. But God is the source of the gift and the only one that fulfills my happiness. If you de-elevate the gift and put God in his proper place, you will be released from a bondage of seeking happiness. 
How many people do you talk to are always seeking for happiness? <clears throat> I said this at the beginning of the marriage mini-conference. Marriage was not created for happiness. It was created for agreement. So when you got in agreement, happiness would take place. You're getting quiet on me. I'm talking about marriage again. I'm moving on. Don't worry. You always need to remember Satan is a liar. And living a kingdom lifestyle, putting God as your source, your needs will always be met. Because you won't go after needs that are not God's source. Because I live, because you live in a kingdom mindset, I or you have no bent towards sin or unhappiness. Sin produces unhappiness. Terry is the best gift I ever received in this life. My children are amazing. You also are my spiritual family. But the joy of the Lord is my strength, and the world cannot meet my needs. Ever. Full benefits are offered to full-time believers. If you want the supernatural to be released in your life, to happen in your life, you have to be wholehearted towards God. And as the Holy Spirit said, don't forget his benefits. God won't compete for your affection either. So go and ask him for the benefits. He won't compete. If you're running out there, if I'm running out there trying to meet my needs through something else other than his source, he's, not, he's just going to stand back. He's going to be a loving father and help you through that process as you would with your children. But he's not going to compete. He won't. God is patient and will wait for you to go after him. So I'm just telling you, and God's telling us in this letter Go after me. Chase me. Run as hard as you can towards me. Psalm 103, verse 4, the second part. And we want to get to this. It says, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Now let's look at the word crown. The word crown always stood or stands for royalty and kingship in Scripture, except this word. This is a different word, crown. It means to encircle you or encompass you. To encircle you or to encompass you. God wants to encircle you to protect you. It's called the blood of Jesus. That's a benefit. So the question is, what does he want to surround you with? In Psalm 103, verse 4, let me just say it. Who crowns you, surrounds you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Now look at these two words, loving kindness and tender mercies. Loving kindness means favor. He surrounds you with favor. 
I'm known as the more than enough food person. If I cook, more than enough. But if I go to a restaurant, it seems like there's an anointing in my life that they bring me extra. It's like there's a sign written on my forehead. God says, give him extra. (laughs) Favor. Favor. But let me tell you, because I spread loving kindness. I tip well. I look at people in the eyes. That's the only thing I can look at now because of masks. But I look at people in their eyes. And I let them know with my eyes, you're important to me. And because you're important to me, you're important to God. And favor manifests because I'm living a kingdom lifestyle. Tender mercies means tender love. Hold that. And men, don't make that, you know, female. Tender love. So let me... Paraphrase this verse. God wants to encircle or surround you with favor and compassion. There's such compassion for you. Let me tell you, when we understand this and understand God's protection, there's a story of a pastor. I read this quite a while ago. Was out of a town, was out of town speaking to, in a conference. He was in prayer and God told him, to proclaim the power of the blood and his favor over his property. He and his family owned a farm. His wife was home with the children. His children were a little bit older, and uh, they, were, they lived on the farm. So the pastor asked God why, and God answered and said, there are ravenous wolves coming to your house. Now, can you imagine if the Lord told you that? you would want to call your house or hop on a plane and get back to your home. Pastor said, okay, I will do that. And he proclaimed the blood of Jesus and his protection and his favor over his property. The next morning, he woke up. The first thing he did before he went to the conference, he calls his wife and he asks her, how's everything on the farm? And she said, you know, everything is really good, but something strange happened. This morning, the boys went out to look at the field and work on the field. And on the edge of the property, there were three dead wolves lying on the border of our property. See, wolves were coming to their property to attack their chickens and their livestock. And because this man knew how to live in kingdom lifestyle, God forewarned and said, you have the authority and the power that I gave you. I want you to pray, and I want you to pray to protection over your home in that favor. There's a benefit that you want. If I can experience healing, if I can experience deliverance from inward iniquities, If I can experience a life redeemed from destruction, then here's a question. How do I experience loving kindness and tender mercies? Let me just pause there and say something, and then I will tell you the answer. Some of us, excuse me, have a very poor viewpoint of fathers. 
you don't know a father's embrace because maybe your father never did that or he was never there. You don't recognize a father's protection because he was always gone. Father God longs to embrace you and surround you with his tender love, favor, and compassion. Father God wants to run that root of rejection out of your heart. There's a root there that you have authority over those bent things that would cause you to think a certain way about him because of your experiences or lack of experiences in this world. When Jesus was baptized, look at what the father said about his son. I'm talking to sons and daughters of God here. I'm going to say that again. I want you to really understand that. I'm talking to sons and daughters of God here. You confess Jesus Christ and you've been adopted into the family of God. This is how God feels about his sons and daughters. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. This is when he is being baptized. Church family, let me just say it this way. That was a big hug from dad. God is not asking you to perform so he'll hug you. Good job, man. He just wants to hug you. That's what the Holy Spirit is trying to remind us. God is asking you to perf- not asking you to perform. He is asking you to let him hug you, surrounding you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Get an embrace from Father God. If you need a hug, he's there. He's wanting to do that. Well, please hear this. How does that happen? How do you experience a hug? Ask him for it. How do you get healing? You ask him for it. How do you get released from an inward iniquity? You ask him for it. It will change you forever. You will become a changed person because your happiness comes from the true source. Some of us have said to God this, you're giving me a bad deal, God. (laughs) You ever had a time frame or a season in your life that just seems like everything just fell apart? Everything just went wrong? Why did this happen? How come this happened? Well, let's talk about a person in the Bible. His name is Paul. First name was Saul. Then he got a hug from God. And he understood God. This was 14 years later after his experience with God. In Acts 27, just write the scriptures down, Acts 27 and Acts 28, there's a story of Paul who gets in a ship and he was sailing to see Caesar to witness to Caesar. Paul had been going now and witnessing to major leaders around the world at that time. They were in the midst of the sea. And you remember the story. The story goes that they were in the midst of the sea. 
and a storm rose up, a huge storm rose up. And in those days, they didn't have motors. They had sails or paddles. And the Bible tells us in this story, the storm lasted for two weeks. They fought hard. These were sailors. These were guys that knew what they were doing. And they fought hard. And after two weeks, they realized they might as well give up. They were hungry. They were cold. See, Paul just didn't have a bad day. Paul had a bad two weeks. So after two weeks, the story tells us that they threw everything out. Everything that was worth anything, they threw out. Because they said, that's it, we're done. Our life is over. And Paul said, remember that? Paul said, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. It's not over because last night I was in my cabin and an angel came to me and said, run the ship aground at a certain island. And if you do what I say, you all will live. Well, the sailors had basically given up and they said, okay. They ran the ship aground and they all jumped out in the freezing water and got to the island swam to shore, and they were met with the natives of the island. So now Paul, standing on the shore, and says, wow, now what do we need to do? He came to his senses. He says, let's build a fire, and let's warm ourselves. And they began to, to build the fire, but Paul went to get some wood, and Paul stuck his hand into the wood to get the wood, and a viper bit him, poisonous snake bit him. And so all the natives that were around were watching him. They saw that he was bitten by a snake. And you could imagine, by then, Paul should have checked out. Paul should have said, okay, I'm just going to die. Thanks, God. It's all your fault. God, I witnessed to a King Agrippa. I was trying to get to Caesar for you. Can't you make my path a little bit easier? Why do I have to go through all this? But Paul didn't check out. Because remember I said, 14 years earlier, he was on the road and he met Jesus. And he was changed. Paul's viewpoint of life changed. He no, no longer looked for life to bring happiness. His source was God now. He already, watch this, got an embrace from God and probably many more through those 14 years. See, nothing touches you that hasn't already gone through God. God knows everything. Evil doesn't come from God. No evil comes from the Lord. But God knows what's going on. So when you remember, watch this, listen very closely. This is a letter from God. This will change your thinking about everything in your life. When you remember the benefits and become changed, 
This is how you will see Paul's story. God is looking from above and saying, there's my boy, his name's Paul. He's proud of you. But God also sees everything. God says, I have a tribe whose king is dying. And if the king dies the way their culture and their demonic beliefs were, everybody else would die and go to hell too. God says, I'm concerned about their lives. I want them to know me. And he says, I'm coming for you, you king, but the king can't hear. The people can't hear because they're not serving God. They're not worshiping God. They're not living a kingdom lifestyle, so they're not hearing his voice. But don't worry, king. I got Paul in the sea coming. All the sailors give up after two weeks, and God says, great. Now here's my plan for you. Run aground on the island. Oh, that's not good, God. All will live walking in God's will. Paul gets wood right where the snake was. Now who led Paul to get there? You mean God said to Paul, Paul, I want you to walk over there and get bit by a snake. No. Paul knew that Paul knew he was being led of the Lord at all times, but God knew that snake was there. <clears throat> Paul was bitten. Guess what? Now all the tribe that was on the island looked at Paul and they knew that dude's gonna die. Matter of fact, I know that dude is evil. Whoever he was, whatever he did in the past, that man was saved from a storm on the sea, gets on land, and then gets bitten by a snake. He deserves everything he gets. Have you ever had people point their finger at you and accuse you falsely? They make fun of Paul. Anybody made fun of you? Anybody ever said to you, why are you believing God for healing when you've had that for 10 years? Have you ever had anybody say, well, you don't have any faith, or your God's not powerful enough? Hmm. Okay. Again, hear my, my heart and what God's saying. God is not saying he brings sickness on you. There's sickness in this world, but be of good cheer. He's overcome the world. He's got a plan for you. Even though you're going through Hades on earth, they make fun of Paul. And you know what the father's doing up there? I'm so proud of my son. I know his heart. My plan is going perfectly. It's not a bad two weeks. See, the benefit of walking in God's kingdom is you see things different because you are changed. You have experienced God's loving kindness and tender mercies. You've had hugs from God. You know his heart towards you. Nothing can turn you away and saying, God doesn't care. God is not hearing me. Why is he doing this? You don't say that. You say, 
this is happening to me. And you're not really saying this sickness is God's will because sickness is not God's will. That's why Jesus Christ went to the cross and took stripes on his back for your healing. You see how the enemy can lie and bring us into a place where we don't even see the things of God. So here are the natives. They watch and he doesn't die. So you know what they think? Paul must be a god. So they get on their knees and they worship him. Paul goes, hey, 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 hey. No, 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 no. All glory and honor goes to my God. Whatever he does. It's not because I have great faith. I have great faith. It's not because I have great faith. I have great faith in the one who has provided the benefit. Pretty nice letter, isn't it, from God? So Paul says, what's going on? They said, our king is sick and is dying. Paul says, take me to him. Remember the plan of God? Don't worry, king, they're not hearing him. I got Paul in the sea and he's going to come to you. Where was Paul going? He's going to see Caesar, but he had to stop over and lay hands on the king. So he goes over, knowing the benefit, because he's had a hug from God, tender mercies, and he remembers all the benefits. He lays hands on the king, and the king is healed. And because of the culture, because of their belief system, everybody gets saved. And they have a healing service. And everybody gets healed. See, Paul could have checked out. I'm going to say this. I I read in the Bible, and we always talk about heroes, and we do have heroes in our culture. But my heroes are found in Hebrews chapter 11. All the men of faith and women of faith who have withstood even martyrdom for their faith. But they received a hug from God and remembered the benefits. And they saw everything different. See, God's plan was Paul to get there, lay hands on the sick, all of them be healed, all of them be saved. And one day you and I are going to meet Paul, the king, and all the natives that were there. Because that was a beginning of a huge move of God, of people knowing God. And then after all was done, because Paul was changed and saw it differently, God pauses a second and said, that's my boy. That's my boy. Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, remember that story? Fire furnace? God says, that's my boys. So the question is, what do we do? We complain. I don't like this. I, would, I thought it would go another way. Or why is God doing this to me? God, I've asked this. I've pleaded for this. I've begged. I've gone to church. I've tithed. I've given offerings. 
Some have checked out. Some have died early because they've checked out. Hebrews chapter 11, chapter 12. Church family, if you or we will change sources, you or we will live a supernatural kingdom life. Forgiveness, healing, salvation, healthy marriage. Stop getting your needs met by the world. Oh, sure, you get jobs and you get paid. You get raises, you get promotions. Sometimes you get decreases. But we need to see everything differently. Stop living in fear and be fed in faith. So the last question I'm going to ask you is, well, how do you get fed in faith? Let me read you some scriptures in closing. In Romans chapter 8, verse 11 and 12, it says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and he does if you're born again, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit, Holy Spirit, who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh or the world and to live according to the flesh. See, to see the supernatural, stop getting fed by the flesh. What feels good? Let God embrace you. Get free from that pain, and I'm going to say it, that sin of being sourced by the world. God is your source. Verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh you will die. But if by the Spirit you will put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons and daughters of God. You want to be supernatural in your life? Let me tell you what supernatural is. Your neighbors come over, ladies, and you're cooking dinner for them. And you used to be so nervous about cooking for other people. Supernaturally, you say, Lord, thank you for your anointing on me to be a blessing to my neighbors. Because you said you would bless my bread and water and remove sickness. So if any of my neighbors that I don't know are sick, I believe that this food will bring health to their bodies. You're seeing in the spiritual. You're seeing things differently. And then also, you know what God can even do? <laughs> even if you burn the food, your neighbors could be gracious. And it could start a conversation you could have with them about when things don't go well, your source is God. Oh, pastor, you're getting too spiritual. Really? I'm telling you the key of freedom from the world's chains.
things that have bound you for years and even decades, some of you. Look at verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. You're a child of God, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, which means Daddy. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Let God give you a hug. And it is full of loving kindness and tender favor. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Signed, God. Father, thank you for the word of the Lord that manifests in such a unique way. Thank you, Lord, for writing me a letter so I could read it to your sons and daughters. For those that are watching on the screen, let Jesus be your source. If you're not born again, you've just chanced to come to this. Know that Jesus loves you. He died for you. He rose again in new life so you could live in this kingdom life. Whatever you've been through, whatever you've done, will be forgiven. And it will not hold you and bind you into slavery. To my church family that are watching on the screen and especially those that I see today, I love you. God loves you a billion trillion times more than I can in my own self. But in the Lord, man, I love you big time. You're huge. You're, you're huge in my heart. Know that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. See your life, your situations differently and walk in an amazing kingdom lifestyle, never, ever forgetting his benefits. God bless you. I love you.
I've been empty when I'm low you fill the cup yeah but my ego fights back telling me that I'm ready to grab the wheel and take control but I'll crash if I don't let myself let go you put the X on my faded Spirit, when I'm low, I hear it calling like a compass in my soul, saying, "Child, come on back now. You've been gone too long. Let me lead you back where you belong. Right next to me. Right next to me. I've been captive by the plans I try to make. Yeah, I've been selfish." Callous hearts, they die hard like habits That I know I gotta break Ain't it good to know the help is on the way Compass in my soul Saying, child, come on back now You've been gone 
right next to me I get this feeling in my spirit when I'm low I hear it calling like a compass in my soul Saying, child, come on back now, you've been gone too long Let me lead you back where you belong I get this feeling in my spirit when I'm low Tell you, friends, that is love. 